Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Everyone and welcome to episode sixty-one of the Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, and I am a sick Matt Smith, so not that Matt Smith. <laughs> yes, Matt is sick. I'm sorry, guys. He's here though. Yes, like He's a, a trooper. trooper. Yeah, Jinx, you owe me a soda, bro. <laughs> no, I'm not above that. Uh, it's cool. It's cool. At least you said soda and not pop, because that's what they say in this, <laughs> in this area, and I want to hurt everyone. Um, <laughs> Because it's not pop. That's pop is an action, not a not a noun. Anyway, pop, pop. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're from the website geekshowentertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion, as well as Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, A Couple of Geeks, Geek Show Soundcheck, Super Geeks, and coming this fall. Uh, the Geek Show with Scott and Matt, the new flagship podcast for GeekShowEntertainment.com, and you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, if you go to the, our website, you can join our community by commenting on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we regularly post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, or even if you don't, Help us out by leaving an iTunes review because iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. That's tdc as in the Doctor's Companion. All right, so we are talking about the third Doctor story, The Mind of Evil. It's awesome. <laughs> Matt, uh, what's the background and significance of this episode? Um, well, okay, so The Mind of Evil comes from Patrick... Uh, not Patrick Chan. God, that's next week. Um, sorry, already. I'm, I'm a little loopy. Um, it comes from John Pertwee's second season, which is a, for lack of a better word, a master-centric season. Uh, at the beginning of the season... Uh, Script editor Terrence Dix and producer Barry Letts came up with the idea of, because they've created Time Lords, um, which we're going to be talking about in uh, pretty much two weeks, um, they were like, well, let's create a Moriarty for the Doctor. Um, let's create someone to, to be the Moriarty to his Sherlock. So they created this guy named the Master, who we all know, we all love. Uh, and so the Master appears in every story in John Pertwee's second season. Um, and this is his second appearance. So so it's significant because of that, because it is the first time that we see him for the second time, and it's not like, you know, um, it's not like the, by the end of the season when you're just like, oh, the Master's back, um, and then the Master would go on to uh, 
recur throughout the rest of Pertwee's era, um, who is played by Roger Delgado, who is a close friend to John Pertwee. And you can tell that they're friends because they bounce off each other like like nothing else. Like, they are just such a phenomenal pairing. It is uh, amazing. It is yeah. amazing. Delgado is an amazing master. Yeah, especially because, um, like, you and I have taught... I don't know if we've talked a lot about the master. Like, we've talked a lot about the master. Like, we did three stories in our first 15 episodes about um, the master. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's interesting because they are so perfectly suited for one another. They're mm-hmm. exactly the yin and yang that you kind of need for the master, which is like, you know, every doctor kind of needs their own master. Um, and I really like that, like... Just, they don't. They, they don't all have. This is really, I would say this, and you know, not again until uh, tenants master. Really, like that. Those are like, the those two are the only ones that like complement the doctor in any way. Mm-hmm. I At least would, di- directly complement the doctor. Yeah, I think. I mean, I really like Ainley because I uh, only because there's something that's really cool when you see Ainley go up against. Davison, just the way that they stand next to each other looks really awesome, and it feels really awesome. And maybe that's just Davison being cool and Ainley understanding that uh, from that perspective. But I, I completely agree. Like this is this is like the original master, and it makes sense why Nathan Turner chose Delgado later as a basis for his master, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate. Um, so. This story is written by Don Houghton. I don't have the director in front of me, and I'm afraid to open the internet lest we crash the Skype call. Um, but uh, it's written by Don Houghton, and I was going to tell you this, but I didn't because I wanted to save it for your reaction. But uh, Don Houghton only wrote one other Doctor Who story, and that Doctor Who story is Inferno. Um, oh. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, although it's weird because Inferno is nothing like this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inferno is totally, totally different. Um but it's I also read that uh, that the director of this went so over budget that this is the only Doctor Who story he was ever allowed to direct. Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer because he directs the hell out of this. Yeah, like, it's excellent. It is he's, excellent. He's such a good director. Like he does a helicopter, like a gratuitous helicopter sequence in Episode Six that is completely unnecessary. But um. But but yeah so yeah it, which is unfortunate because he because he is really good but uh, I don't know this is just like Timothy Combe yeah Timothy yeah. Combe my bad um I don't know this story to me like I hadn't seen it before and I'm not super like I love the unit era but I'm not I never feel like I have a good grasp on it like I've seen enough of their great stories but this is a great unit story and it's probably arguably. The Pertwiest Pertwee story I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, um, boy. Just, it, like, he literally, at a certain point, it's almost like he's auditioning to be James Bond. It's mm-hmm. it's completely insane. I mean, the only is, thing this doesn't have is him dressing up in costumes. Like, yeah, which is which. I mean, which he has, funny. like, his science outfit that he wears mm-hmm. at one point, but he's not, like, in disguise or anything. Right, um, yeah. That's the so, only thing this doesn't have. Which is which is unfortunate. Um but it's funny because the brigadier gets to gets to be like the impersonator at one point, which is really fun. Um, anyway, so so that's the mind of evil. It's I don't know. I hadn't seen it before, and I was kind of dreading it because it was a six parter, and it's in black and white. Which oh, you don't feel those six parts? No, no, not you at don't. all. Not at no. all. 
I mean, I had a, like, I felt it early on just because, like, I only had time to watch the first episode, but, like, once I got into it, I was just like, oh, that was fun. Let's go to the yeah. next one. Yeah. Um, and, like, this is my first Delgado ever. <laughs> this is and... a great introduction to a Delgado. I'm not going to Oh, lie man, is he good. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, because, um, I mean, I know that your, uh, I know that your favorite master is, um, uh, What's Peter his name? Pratt. From, yeah, Peter, Peter Pratt. Pratt. Um, and I think, and like I was telling you, you know, off mic, like I, he's he's a great master, but he's no one's master. He's just the master. Like he's a great yes. master. Period. Mm-hmm. But, but like Delgado is like the epitome of what I feel the master should always be, which is the Moriarty to whoever the Doctor happens to be at the time. Yes. Um, to the point where I'd almost want it to be in continuity that something happens where the doctor and the master are linked in such a way that when one regenerates, the other one does too. Um, Interesting. Which would just be such a messed up connection between them where it's like he want, like the master wants to kill – like where the master literally can't kill the doctor, you know? Like – This is this is actually um... – I was going to save this, but uh, you're actually exactly – you hit the nail on the head with what the production team was actually going for because uh, at a certain point, Delgado was designed to be Pertwee's last story. Like it was supposed to be a master story instead of Planet of the Spiders, but Delgado died in a car crash before they could um, – before they started work on it. So they, they had to scrap it. But in that story, um, they were supposed to reveal that the doctor – and the master were basically two halves of the, like the master was the doctor's id and the doctor was his ego. Um, so the was, master so then was there supposed to be a third, uh, super ego. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe that's the monk. Um, <laughs> but, or the Ronnie, um, no oh God, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but that, that's the way it was supposed to be. And it's, and it's interesting because I don't know. Personally, I'm not a fan of that. Um, uh, just because, I don't know that that gets into the strange territory of, of Freudian whatever, and the seven the sixties and seventies were just obsessed with Freud, and I'm not a I'm not a fan of Freud. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Freud ruined Hamlet for me, but um, <laughs> like which is so crazy because Freud has literally retconned Hamlet, which is nuts. Um, that's a whole different discussion, but um, but but yeah, you're not wrong with what. Uh, they were kind of going for towards the end of it. Like the master was supposed to die saving the doctor and redeeming himself in some sort of way, but they never got that far because uh, Delgado died before they were able to do the story, uh, which was one of the contributing factors that led Pertwee to leave. Um, But, but it's interesting. It's interesting that you went there, but, but yeah, you're right. And that means that uh, the production team really did their job and Delgado did his job and Pertwee did his job, which is, Mm -hmm. which is just great. Like it's just, it's just such it's such a pure relationship this early on yes. between the two of them. And you really you don't see that sense of friendship that you see in I think it's part 5 when they're working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, um you don't see that again until I mean really until like certain conversations with um uh Tennant and, and Sim really. Mm-hmm. Well, the doctor and the doctor and the master actually team up in Claws of Axos. Like they do team up, um, which is a different discussion. But yeah, you're right. Like it's it, it's it's phenomenal to see how they do play off of each other. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, and as much as I love Ainley and Davison, because that's such a great pairing, they don't have the chemistry that these guys do. Because you can mm-hmm. tell offset they are just chums. But yeah. here they're, you know, they're, 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 you know, each other's villain, which is, which is exactly what they need to be. But they also, like, you can tell that the master, based on the section in this, has a definite respect for the doctor. Like, he actually cares what the doctor thinks about him, which is, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Which um, is not the case with Anley. Right. Because, because Anley has, like, like, no respect for the doctor whatsoever. No, he's just, he's just like, I want to kill the doctor. And that's literally yeah. all he says ever. Um, and that's, that's, and see, and that's the problem where, whereas yeah. like Delgado's master is, is, I mean, he's less a villain and more a rival. Yes. Which is what the master should be. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's infinitely more interesting than right. just, you know, like, cause my, my biggest issue with Ainley is Ainley is always, Ainley's master is just so focus driven on two things. One, I'm going to take over the world slash destroy the universe. Or B, I'm going to kill the Doctor. And that's only ever his two... Mm-hmm. Um, minus Planet of Fire, that's only ever his, his his two driving forces. But here, like, the Master has his own specific agenda. Mm-hmm. That is that is interesting, if not, you know, a little flawed. Um, yeah. But totally well, he, Bondian. He, and he, uh, he wants to... he Like, he wants to destroy the world, but he really just wants to destroy the world because the Doctor likes it so much. And yeah. And so, like, he just wants to do it to see if he can beat the Doctor, not because he has any interest in actually destroying the world. It's just, it's the game that he's playing. Right. Which is, which, you're right, that's that's awesome. Like, yeah. that's total Moriarty, and that's exactly kind of what the the um, the Master should be doing. And the Master does do that later in, in Last of the Time Woods. Like, he literally, like, you know, he does want to take over the universe, but a lot of it is also like, I'm going to beat the Doctor. I'm not going to kill the Doctor, I'm just going to beat him, which is awesome to me um that they that you know davius really channeled that and did a good job with that story but that's a you know that's another conversation but but that is that is really good here and i do love that and i really love delgado um quite a bit quite a quite a bit um so yeah that's that's the background and significance of uh mind of evil and it's also oh one more thing i should point out that it is it only exists currently in black and white um which is fine because it's awesome in black and white. <laughs> it actually it is, which doesn't like I'm a big proponent of color in Pertwee. Like Pertwee to me only exists in color because you know his stories are you know they're they're designed in color like that 70s Technicolor feel. But but seriously, if you go to the Wikipedia page and you see the picture from Mind of Evil in color, it there's there's no magic in that picture, no. none whatsoever. No, it's because it, it, it that picture oh. reminds me of the picture for the invasion and a lot of this story reminds me of the invasion just because like the invasion in color is not nearly as fun as it is in black and white and this is like i almost wish they just released this as black and white and it was just like that like it, oh, oh it's so good in black and white it's so good it's just phenomenal. sexy in black and white so sexy yeah so oh. sexy God, I love this story so much. <laughs> this is seriously, this is my favorite Pertwee. I mean, I haven't seen Inferno yet, but um, this might this, actually, this, knowing oh, this, you, this might beat Inferno. Really? Um, well, I only say that because like this ties into all the cool things. Like it's the black and white. It's the it's the Delgado. It's uh, John Pertwee. It's James Bond, and oh. and Inferno doesn't do those things. Like Inferno is just ridiculously good. But it, I I mean. 
you know, a lot of Doctor Who is subjective and based on, like, what we find interesting in Doctor Who. And based mm-hmm. purely on that, I think this might beat Inferno in that case. Okay. Um, yeah. That well, said, that, this that is definitely said. this is definitely my favorite Pertwee that I've ever seen. So. <laughs> that said, um, uh, Inferno is still really good. Um, anyways. Like, I want to own this right now. Like, <laughs> when it comes out, like, I will buy it without a doubt. Absolutely. Because, uh, oh, it's so good. So yes, good. yes, yes. All right. Um, well, before we start talking about the episode, um, which I think will be a little bit more brief than uh, usually when we do comment our commentary part. Um, before we do that, I want to remind everybody that uh, today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. And this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Captain America Winter Soldier Ultimate Collection by Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting, Mike Perkins, and Michael Lark. And this book is available for only fifteen forty nine, or a thirty eight percent off the suggested retail price of twenty four ninety nine. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. If you saw the movie and you like the movie, buy this book now. Buy it. Buy it now. Because it fits right in. Like oh, it, it's, it does. It's insane how how they almost. It's almost like the movie was made as a prequel to this book. Yeah, no, it's not. You're not even kidding. Like, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, a few minor tweaks, but those are explained away in the comic. Like, right, insane, insanely good. Yeah, yeah, you guys. Uh, yeah, you need to. You need to. If you like the movie, you'll love this book. So yeah, pick it up. Totally. Captain America: Winter Soldier, uh, Ultimate Collection. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about this. Uh, we got we got six episodes to talk about, mm-hmm. so uh, get us started. Well, you're right in that I don't know a lot to say about this, just because a lot of stuff happens, but it's very you know it's slight, but not in a bad way, just because it's so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. So and I'm, and I'm and I'm sick, so we should make this quick. Um, <laughs> but um, so we we open up part one. The Doctor and Joe arrive at uh, what what basically reminds me of Jabba's palace. Um, yeah. This is two episodes in a row with the doctor smiling like a like a little kid and waving <laughs> at a camera. <laughs> well, what can you say? He just he loves it. It's, yeah. he's, a, he's a showman. He'd be um, one of those people that would like you know like walk into a department store and see like the TV that's like showing you what the camera is shooting, and he would just be like looking at the, looking at himself in the TV and like waving his hands around. Like, wait, are you are you judging me right now? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I'm not joking, by the way. Um, so I love. Look, look I, I I'm, love on that. TV. I'm on TV. I'm on TV. Do that. I so do that. Um, so the doctor, uh, like he does that waving thing, which is so funny and so Pertwee. Like he, Pertwee has the best faces of any doctor. Like I mean, that's not even a contest. Like, oh, his, I'll never get enough of his cliffhanger face. Never. Oh, so funny. Or even like his just like I'm gonna guffaw and laugh at, and wave at the camera. Um, so he I arrives. Love when he gets caught by the soul. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part because his smile just like instantly just melts into a frown. <laughs> like, oh, you've ruined my fun. <laughs> and he's like really bitter. Like, yeah. really, really bitter. Like, well, fine. And then he just kind of moves on, which is, which is excellent. Um, so he's brought into this prison, and this castle is a prison. And uh, there's a lot of ruckus going on, and it turns out that uh, these scientists have found this machine, uh, which is called the Keller machine, and it is designed to remove all evil thoughts from someone's brain, which I really like, because it allows 
It allows Pertwee to sit in on the demonstration and literally just quip at these guys, these scientists who are, like, really proud of this machine. And I love how whenever he quips back at them, they, they, they just turn around and just, like, give him, like, a death look and say, how dare you? How dare you interrupt me? And then just, yeah. like, keep going. Like, seriously, like, Pertwee, like, this is, this is the most of an SOB I've ever seen Pertwee. <laughs> Like he's kind of he's kind of belligerent, like just a little bit, just, just a little bit. Like it's just it's really funny. Like he's you'd, just like, oh yeah, sure, continue your little experiment, whatever. <laughs> you'd think he was the drunk guy at the bar. Like you'd think he was. Yeah, but he's not. Um, so funny. So uh, they put this guy in. Um, I don't remember this guy's name. I think it's uh, Mayner. I could be wrong. Um, I think I think it's Mayner. Um, and, uh, I'm just going to call him Maynard because why not? Uh, honestly, it was very hard to take notes during this because I was having so much fun. Um, uh, so, so they put this guy in the machine, uh, or no, it's not, it's not, it's not Maynard. It's not Maynard, it's, it's another guy. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, I just, yeah. I call him Sloth because every time he shows up, he's just like, <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> All right, we'll call him Sloth then. Um, okay. <laughs> so they put Sloth in the machine, and, and he fights the machine, and um, and they remove all the negative emotions from him. And he goes into, like, this childlike state, which he actually stays in for the rest of the story, which is actually clever because for the whole time, and I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just stupid or I wasn't paying enough attention or not thinking about it enough, but, like, what they do with him was so, like, I, I'm shocked I didn't see it coming. Like, I was like, oh... Well, they just had him show for a second. I thought they just had him show up because they thought he was funny, but um, not so much. Um, uh, so they uh, they uh, they they put him in the machine. They drain all the ne- all the all the evil out of him, and then they leave him kind of kind of like a vegetable, uh, a veg a functioning vegetable who has basically the brain processes of a child. Um, and then they and the doctor's like angry that this is happening. Like we're not allowed to screw with people's brain chemistry. And um, amidst all this, uh, they leave the machine alone. But someone is attacked by the machine. Uh, just experiences uh, like like you know psychedelic like freaking outness, and he dies. Um, and it's and it's kind of weird. So while this is going on, unit uh, we find out that unit is transporting a missile from one point uh, one point to another. And Captain Yates is in charge of this. And this is only interesting because it co- will come into play later. Meanwhile, there's this girl, this Chinese girl named Chin Li, who I only mentioned because it's... Because pr- <laughs> last week we talked about um, we talked about Asians and Doctor Who. Um, and Chin Li is a, is a Chinese... Sec- like, she's a secretary involved in this uh, peace conference that UNIT is overseeing the security of. Uh, and she's talking to the brigadier... And she uh, and she says that all these papers have gone missing, and she's like, "Oh no, uh, the Americans are responsible for this because let's blame America." And the brigadier's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Uh, and then she leaves, like, "Well, you'll be hearing from my superiors." And then she leaves, and she burns the paper. So we 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 instantly understand that Chin Lee is up to no good, um, which you know. Doctor Who does not like Asians. I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna say it right now. Well, um, I realized while watching this because she's kind of uh, spoilers. She's sort of the master's companion in this. Um, yes. <laughs> until she disappears halfway through episode three and never to be seen or heard from again. Um, but like, 
apparently the master likes Asians. <laughs> because <laughs> between this and the movie, <laughs> the master's a fan. Uh, but only, only when they have racially stereotypical names. It's actually really funny because because Cassandra actually said the same thing to me uh, <laughs> just before we started recording because she's watching it right now. Um, <laughs> I think you might be right, especially if the master is you know the opposite of the doctor. Um, yeah, so- if the master comes back with a Russian companion, then we know something's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Which is the funniest thing, because I was at the Doctor Who panel at Comic-Con, and this Russian woman walked up and said, hey, where's the love for Russia? And I just, I was like... You sent me that text, and I was, like, crying, because I was laughing. I mean, I, I just, I just, I, I looked over at my girlfriend, and I was just, I just gave her that long, slow look, and she was, and she just started laughing. I, I couldn't handle it, dude. It was so funny. Um, so, oh, the, um, so... I mean, we cut back to the doctor. The doctor investigates the guy who died. Um, and it turns out that the guy has all these scratches on his body. And it looks like he's been attacked by, uh, by rats. But, but we don't know why, um, why if, if they killed him. Because it looks like he died from fear. Which happens a lot. I mean, not so much nowadays, I don't think. But apparently, back in the good old days, fear was a real killer. Uh, and you had to really watch out for fear. Um, so... While this is going, so so we cut back to the brigadier. The brigadier gets bad news, and we find out that the Chinese delegate has been kidnapped, has been has been murdered. Uh, this is funny because in this story, there's this peace conference that's going on, and they only ever call people the Chinese delegate or the American delegate because they are above names, apparently. Um, just, just like, just like the Chinese delegate has been murdered. Not like, not like, you know, uh, Admiral Chin has been murdered. Like the Chinese delegate has been murdered, which is is what they even use it for the American delegate, which I just find, I just find that hilarious. Um, so the brigadier goes to investigate, uh, he, um, he, he meets up with Chin Li. Chin Li makes this really stupid move, which is just a classic bad guy fallacy, which is, um... The, her timeline doesn't mess, mesh up, and it turns out that she waited 24 minutes to call the brigadier. So the brigadier has said that um, uh, she's now sus- under suspicion for murdering the Chinese uh, delegate, but he doesn't have any proof. But it's it's she's under suspicion anyways, and because she just you know she doesn't have an, al- an alibi. Meanwhile, another person dies at the at the prison, uh, dies as a result of this. Um, uh, this machine, um, which is, which is, which is funny. Uh, the guy actually dies of drowning. Um, so he, this guy dies of drowning. Um, uh, and the doctor's like, oh, this is, this is weird. I'm going to investigate the machine. And while he, um, fixes the machine, uh, the machine starts to attack him and we're left on this cliffhanger of the doctor getting attacked by, uh, by this machine, which is, um, which is, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a pretty sweet cliffhanger, um, just because it leads to fire imagery and uh, and stuff like that. Hmm. So, so, yeah, and it also gives us another example into Pertwee Face and seeing what the Doctor fears. Um, Dear God, I love Pertwee Face. <laughs> it's I really... love Pertwee Cliffhanger Face. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's He does the best cliffhanger face in the history of cliffhanger face. It True. is... 
I is, think he invented cliffhanger face. I'm not probably. I mean, I know that Colin Baker taps into some of it later, but um, I'm pretty God. sure, like a post Doctor Who, because I mean, there were no conventions at this point. So I think he made all of his money post Doctor Who teaching cl- classes and <laughs> acting on cliffhanger face. <laughs> <laughs> Where but if only I would take that class and I would have such a good time. Um, oh, oh, I would take that class. And then I'd go to lunch afterwards and we'd just like, we'd make orders at McDonald's with cliffhanger face and it would be yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it would be anyways, like so. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? I just said it would be like heaven. <laughs> Oh, yes, exactly. It would be the greatest day of my life. Um, <laughs> so we come back to part two. Uh, Joe comes in and she just, you know, comes to his rescue by turning off the machine, which is g- kind of lame. But whatever, whatever. Um, and they get a call from Yates who says the doctor needs to come back to London because uh, because there's been an attack on this Chinese delegate. And, um, and the doctor's like, okay, well, I'll go. Joe, you stay behind because um, uh, you're a woman. Um, <laughs> he said it, not me. Um, it's true. It's true, I, he said I, 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 I didn't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a misogynist, I swear. I just say, I just report things. Um, <laughs> so we, we also, we then get the sequence where Benton... Wears a trench coat and follows Chin Lee. Um, it's a pretty cool kind of like you know spy sequence, which I just I love scenes of following people. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the French Connection, although I think this came first. Um, but Chin Lee manages to get away, and this guy um, who's who uh, is an electrician um, uh, is is working on this on the side of the road, and um, you know he kind of leaves. Uh, I only mention that because it's important in just about three seconds. Uh, but uh, but Chinley manages to get away because the, um, she she harnesses the power of this fear machine and um, and and knocks Benton unconscious and then kind of runs away. So she gets away from from unit surveillance. And then we cut into this tent and we see this electrician. An electrician just pulls off his mask and it's the master, which is just phenomenal. Just. So good that the master wears masks. I love Delgado that. is so smooth. Like <laughs> he just he pulls he is off his, so smooth. Like he pulls off his overalls oh. and there's just a suit underneath. Oh just. my god, dude! Delgado is the man. <laughs> and then he starts smoking a cigar for no reason. Yes, no reason. No, he does it because he's the man and he's smooth and he knows it. You're right, dude. Like I'm serious. Like every every episode of the Pertwee era, like it, like Pertwee <clears throat> as a doctor and as an era, like just keeps moving up my list in classic. Who. <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's a, now it's now right behind Troughton, which is right behind Davison. I mean, wow, yeah, like wow. he's so good, and like this era is just so sexy and awesome. Which is which is fascinating because you hate the seventies. I do, I do, but you know what? I feel like even though it looks like the 70s, it feels like the 60s. It doesn't feel like the 70s until Tom Baker. Uh-huh. Especially like later Tom Baker. Ugh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like um, I, like the only reason I can watch that stuff in Tom Baker is like because he's not normally on Earth. So yeah. that's a plus because if he yeah. was on Earth, that would be an issue for me because It'd I be hate a little the 70s. Um, yeah, no. 
<laughs> yeah, that's something that never needs to happen. Like the doctor never needs to say groovy. That's something that <laughs> never needs to happen ever. Watch someone write in and say the doctor said groovy in this, this, and this serial. Um, and I won't watch those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Um, <laughs> so uh, the doctor arrives in London. And he goes to the new Chinese delegate who apparently, you know, this, I guess, I guess when there's delegations in the 70s, or, or was it the 80s unit years, um, apparently, apparently they just have alternates, um, which is, which is nice, um, you know, someone who's just ready to step in. Um, so the doctors and the brigadier speak to this new Chinese delegate, and the brigadier gets, makes no headway, but the doctor starts speaking in Chinese, and the delegate responds, and the brigadier goes, "Where did you learn to do? Where did you learn to speak Chinese?" And the doctor's like, "Oh, I walked with Mao for a while." And you're just like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> <laughs> the doctor was hanging out with Mao Zedong for a while. That's a uh, that's a little crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Which is which is so funny. Well, um, he has that one random story that he tells about um, potatoes being a new thing <laughs> later, like just randomly, yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll we'll get there. But I was just like, yeah. I remember I was watching that and I was just like, um, odd. Okay, well, it's an odd choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the doctor starts to realize that um, these two situations that he's involved in the 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 uh, the prison with the Keller machine and uh, this this Chinese delegate assassination has a link of this quote unquote little Chinese girl. Um, which doesn't sound racist. Um, and, uh, and so he's, he's like, okay, now we need to find this, uh, we need to find this girl and, and, and see what happens next. Meanwhile, the master, like a boss, like just, I cannot tell you, maybe I'm just obsessed with this phrase, but the master is such a boss in this story that he is like just hanging out in the back of this car, reading a newspaper, smoking a cigar and just waiting like, uh, it's just, he's like a boss, dude. It's incredible. It is, yeah. it is, it is incredible. Um, so he's hanging out in the back of this car. Chin Lee shows up and she's like, I was followed by unit. And he's like, don't worry about this. I got a new assignment for you. And she's like, I don't want to do it. And the master, uh, hypnotizes her using his master hypnosis, which, you know, in any other world, like, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily always think the master's hypnosis works, but, but you know, it's Delgado and Delgado manages to make it work for me. Just the, I am the master and you will obey me. Just, it's so good. Um, cause I know you don't like time lord hypnosis right like we talked about no i hate it i hate it i think it's stupid (laughs) so you don't like it here um no i don't like it anytime but i will say that delgado has the bravado to pull it off a little better you almost you almost it's almost like it's almost like he kind of opens his shirt a little bit shows off a little chester and says you will do this for me you know that's kind of (laughs) yeah but he does it with his eyes which is which is so talented um so uh uh, there's this, so he, he manages to hypnotize, uh, Jim Lee into doing this thing. Meanwhile, a riot breaks out at the prison and all the prisoners just basically go nuts. Um, and they, they get free. There's this guy named Maynard who, uh, who, who gets free and they start to take over the prison and Joe is captured because why not? That's really all that happens in the story with Joe is the prison riot breaks out and then, and then that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, this is only uh, her second story, so yeah, which is interesting because she's actually really good in this. Um, mm-hmm. 
Like, really, really good. Um, so meanwhile, Chin Lee calls up who we're calling the American delegate. He doesn't have a name because he's only known as the American delegate. Um, called up by Chin Lee and is like, I need to talk to you. There was an issue with the Chinese delegate and I need to, I need to bring some information to you. And the American delegate's like, okay, come right up. So, uh, she does. The American delegate, who is a high profile, I might add, high profile member of this, of this, you know, peace conference. Has no I, I feel like you're giving him a little too much credit. Like he he doesn't he's not like he's not like oh okay I'll come right up. Like literally everything that she wants him to do, he's like no, and then she repeats herself and he's like well okay, <laughs> <laughs> like everything everything go sit down no go sit down okay. <laughs> So he's very he's very persuasible, um, which I don't yeah. think is a good it's a good thing for a delegate to be easily persuaded. No, um, <laughs> but what it's does also that say funny. about America, Doctor Who. <laughs> Britain's just taking pot shots at other cultures, China, America, you know, just yeah. anything's fair game. I think it's only fun. I also think it's funny that he has literally no security detail, none. Just he's just <laughs> hanging out. No one's gonna. No one knows he's there. No one's gonna attack him. It's no big deal. Um, so we get um, we we get this really weird cliffhanger where Chin Lee turns into a dragon. Why I guess is because she's harnessing the power of the machine, the Keller machine, and she encroaches on the American delegate in an effort to execute him uh, because that's what the master wants. And uh, we're left on that, which is which is a cool cliffhanger uh, because it's kind of weird and never really touched on again uh, that Chin Lee can do this. Um, so 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 that's that's where we leave it um uh, i also love how much he freaks out when the lights dim <laughs> like he sits down and it really just looks like she dimmed the, dimmed the lights and then he just like he leaps out of his chair and he's like what are you doing that's because he's your typical politician and he knows what's up um oh what's okay. about to happen if you dim the lights um <laughs> eh. uh, so uh the doctor and the brigadier in the last episode figured out that this was going down. So at the beginning of part three, unit bursts in uh, and and they and they attack they attack Chin Lee the Chin Lee the dragon and they take her away. Um, and you know we get the resolution to that cliffhanger. Uh, Joe is still kept hostage. Uh, and they're still, the prisoners are still taking over the prison, which is cool. I mean, I love stories like that. Like just, you know, the subversion of that. Like I love prison takeover stories. I love conspiracy stories. I love, you know, stories about delegates and stuff. So (laughs) this story is just, you know, just knocking up on everything I love. Um, and, uh, Chin Lee goes to the doc, like the doctor goes to Chin Lee and he starts to ask her what's going on, what what forced you to do this, did you install the Keller machine, who did this for you, and Chin Lee's like, oh yeah, I did, I did it for this guy, and he's like, why? She's like, I don't know. And then he's like, what did you, well, what did he look like? She's like, uh, I don't know. And he's like, he's like, that's weird. And he slowly, um, in what I think is a really well-directed scene from uh, Timothy Combe, the director, uh, there's this really cool slow push on the doctor as he slowly starts to figure out that it's the master, which is, I don't know, I really loved that shot. It was just, it's just a great shot. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so, um, uh, the doctor realizes that it's the master. So he decides to go back to the prison, um, because, uh, you know, that's where he, that's where the Keller machine is. That's where he thinks the master's going to be. So he, so he heads off. 
Um, the uh, and uh, but before he can get there, the master shows up at the prison, um, and uh, I guess I, I don't. I wasn't really super clear on this. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I missed something. But uh, the prison riot gets back under control, so the guards take over the prison, and they're going to take this guy named Maynard. Uh, they want to take him in for processing with the machine, and the master shows up. And the master is going under the la- under the alias Keller, uh, I don't, uh, Emil Keller. Um, so he uh, so so he's like, oh, I got this. So he goes in to talk to Maynard, and he's like, look, I'm here to help you. Uh, just help me, and we'll be good. And Maynard's like, how? So um, so uh, the master helps Maynard take over the prison again. So the prison is taken over by by all these prisoners. Which is cool. I mean, I really love all these prison sequences because it's so weird. Like, you know, it's putting Doctor Who in, like, a different locale, different context. Like, it's weird to see Doctor Who in a prison. Um, it's just, really interesting, though. Yeah. It, oh, definitely. Definitely. It's such a it's such a cool dynamic that I don't think I've ever seen before or since. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... It's, it's, it's awesome. I, I really love it. Um, so, uh, I'd love also... to see, I'd love to see the doctor stuck in some sort of prison break scenario, uh-huh. like where he is like in prison for something and like has to break out. I would like to see that. Like obviously space prison, obviously, but right. prison, well, I mean, prison, nevertheless, there was that shot in, um, or that opening sequence in the opening sequence of, um, impossible astronaut. We see the doctor in a prison like scenario. So, right, but you know, that's 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 not I mean like more of like a general prison, not actually, like the Pandorica or that. Actually, it does happen. Now that I think about it, it does happen. I'm not going to say when or which okay. doctor, but it does happen. Okay. Um hopefully cool. that story is better than I remember it. Um oh. <laughs> I'll do I, I do like the prison stuff. I do like the prison stuff. Um the prison stuff in this is phenomenal. I I love all the prison stuff in this. It's just it's so much fun. All of the prisoners um, wear ties. <laughs> they're classy. It's they're fantastic. Classy. It's yeah, phenomenal. If I were a prison warden, I would make all my all my all my prisoners wear their Sunday best. Yeah. Bests. Also, uh, this prison seemingly only has one cell. <laughs> it's a multi-purpose room, and everyone um, shares it. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> So uh, while this is going on, and you know the prison has been taken over, Joe and a bunch of people just play cards while waiting for something to happen, which is phenomenal. Um, and the doctor arrives at the prison. He meets ma- he meets the master uh, because he's allowed into the prison. And the master's like, "Ha ha ha, doctor! I got the best of you." And we start to get what is basically just a giant James Bond sequence because. Um, the doctor sits at a table. The master sits across from him. It's just like I don't know. When I was watching this, I was just like, "This is this is literally the James Bond scene where Bond meets the bad guy, and the bad guy reveals his plan, which the master does." Um, and uh, and we see them interacting with each other, and it's just like it's just like total Bond. And then I was like, "That's so that's weird." And then the doctor manages to escape. There's a there's a cool chase sequence. Um, and you know he, he escapes. He starts running the grounds, which is always awesome. It's always it's always so much fun to see uh, Pertwee run the grounds of anywhere. And then <laughs> he's captured again because the doctor's captured again, and he's placed in the chair. And the master puts um, one of those like an amplifier on him and says, "Look, fight the chair if you can, but um, it's going to take over." So we we end on a really 
phenomenal, like, James Bond ending of the Master saying, I'd love to stay and watch you, but I'm really busy, uh, so I'm going to leave, and you have fun fighting the mind of evil, which is this little machine, the Keller machine. And we're left on a James Bond cliffhanger of, how is the Doctor getting out of this? Like, it, it felt like something straight out of Goldfinger. Like, it was, <laughs> it was so good. Like, even the, even the doctor's, like, tied, you know, he's tied to the arm, like, to the, to the, to the armrest, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just, oh, God, it was so good. Um, although, it does remind me a lot of uh, the first cliffhanger in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we get more cliffhanger face, and you can never have enough cliffhanger face. Exactly. Exactly. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then we get uh, the machine, um, uh, you know, we come back to part four. Uh, and the machine is taking out the doctor, like it's showing him all his fears. And I love, I mean, I looked this up cause I think it's really funny, but, um, they show all these past doctor villains who the doctor is afraid of because the machine preys on fear and stuff. Uh, so the doctor sees a Dalek, he sees a Cyberman, he sees, um, Coquillion from the rescue, which is so insular. Like that is insane that they pulled that one. War um, machines too. Yeah, they pulled a war machine. They pulled um, one of the ice warriors. They pulled a Silurian. Uh, I don't remember what else they pulled, but like they just they did one of those cool callbacks that I really enjoy. Although it's hard to see um, uh, what exactly the Doctor's seeing, but it, it, but it you know it's cool. Um, so the machine uses the Doctor's mind and the and the amplifier on the Doctor to reroute all its fear-inducing thing to the rest of the prison. So everyone starts freaking out. The, the master basically is like, oh my god, and he runs in and he turns it off, and the doctor is so just jacked up. Like, the doctor is sweaty and he's exhausted. Like, he's literally hawing after Vader tortures him. Um, and um, and he's like, look, whatever you put in that machine, it is way beyond me. I can't fight it. And if I can't fight it, you can't fight it. So we're all screwed. And the master's like, but you can fight it. I know you can fight it. And the doctor's like, no, no, I can't, bro. Um, <laughs> and so they lock the doctor in a prison cell. There's the uh, Princess Leia meets Han moment after Han gets tortured with Joe, um, which is which is funny. Um, and the master goes to the machine and <laughs> he turns it on, and apparently, what the master is, what the master fears most, is not like a Dalek. It's not the Gallifreyans. It's just a really tall version of the Doctor who's laughing at him, which is <laughs> which, which is both awesome and hilarious. Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> just absolutely tr- terrified, like cowering in fear. <laughs> yeah, like wow, like he's freaking out, man, just yeah. freaking out. <laughs> I, so funny. I, I loved it like it reminds me of the I don't know if you remember but in Tom versus the JLA one time he talked about how um, what's it called the the nightmare guy Dr. Destiny shows all the Justice League what their biggest fear is and the biggest fear is just bigger versions of themselves <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me a lot of that for some reason um, <laughs> anyways um, so uh, the doctor uh, is starting to recover. He's having a little bit of trouble, but he's, he's slowly getting better. And while this is going on, the master turns off the machine and goes to Maynard and says, look, I want to seize this missile that um, that unit is transporting. So um, he gets together with Maynard, and he says, oh, uh, you, 
you can you can help me take over this, but you got to report back to me. And if you report back to me, then um, then I'll bring I'll, I'll we'll grab the missile and we'll and we'll keep going. Um, so um, <laughs> we get this cool um, just you know you know the, the prison you know the sequence the missile sequence just God this was so good the uh, the prison dudes taking over the missile just oh yeah oh this was so much fun this was like uh, there were the prisoners were all in suits. They were they were dressed like the military and they were taking it taken back to the it was oh this was so this was this was so good um if I YouTubed any part of this story it would be this and then Yates Yates like a mofo just gets on a gets on a bike and just chases after the missile to see where it's gone because Yates is overseeing this whole thing just awesome um I even wrote in my notes Yates is a boss um <laughs> so uh. The doctor, uh, the doctor gets free from from the um, from from the from the uh, from from his cell, and he starts to like, look, we need to shut the, we need. To, he talks to Joe, and he's like, we need to, we need to shut the machine down. So he breaks out, but while he's breaking out, um, the machine randomly gets powerful enough to start teleporting, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense, but it's cool because all of a sudden this little thing. That's maybe like a foot tall, like maybe a foot and a half tall, just starts <laughs> teleporting around and just like mass killing people. <laughs> and it's, I'm going to be honest with you, kind of scary. Um, just kind of scary. Uh, it's just awesome. And we're left on the cliffhanger of the machine because uh, the doctor goes into the room, like he races into the room with Joe where the machine's been, and he says, and he says, oh no, the machine's gone, and then you turn around, and they realize that the machine is at the door, waiting to kill them, and we're left on this cliffhanger, which, again, phenomenal cliffhanger, just like, like, I love, it's just such a great, oh crap moment. Oh, yeah. Um It's just, it's just, it's just so good. Um, and how do we get out of it? <laughs> we get out of it simply because the machine decides to prey on someone who it can handle. Uh, just, decides to leave um <laughs> just take someone else so the machine leaves and starts to wreak havoc all throughout the um all throughout the all throughout the um the the, the prison and the doctor's like suddenly at a loss uh meanwhile maynard and his prisoners and his prison cadre capture uh yates and they lock him up uh at this barn where they're housing the missile and he calls uh, the master, and, and he says, look, uh, we have this guy, uh, we should have him. And I love this because this story does such a great job of, like, addressing the cliches that it has to, you know, it kind of has to follow. Like, they can't kill Yates, so, like, we might need you as a hostage. Like, I just, I love that this story just doesn't make any, it doesn't, it doesn't shy away from the cl- cliches of, like, a James Bond story, you know? It's just, like... They just, they just absorb it. They're just like, look, it is what it is. Just, you know what? Who cares? Just have a good time with it. It's, I love it when stories kind of do that. Um, so, uh, (laughs) um, the doctor, uh, is, is wants to take out the machine. So he, uh, so he gets, he gets to, uh, Maynard. And he says, look, uh, I'll make you an offer. The master, you can't trust him, but work with me and I'll get you and, and it'll be safe. And Maynard's like, screw you, because the master's cool. 
<laughs> which is funny because the master's not cool. Oh, well, I mean, he's really cool, but you know, he's not, he's not a good idea to follow him. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so the doctor's like kind of, um, kind of, kind of, you know, trapped. So he's incarcerated again because he's captured. Um, and, uh, while this is going on, the brigadier realizes through a helicopter investigation that the doctor is stuck at the prison and something is not right at the prison. So they assemble a strike force to take it out, um, which is which is awesome because they're just like, we're going to take this out because we're a unit and we're badass. And then, and then they, spend this, they spend so much time just talking about this secret passage into the castle because it's a castle, so it has to have a secret passage. And they spend so much time talking about it, and they never use it. Just, they, they don't use it. What is the Brigadier's plan instead? Trojan horse. That's, <laughs> instead of secret passage, he goes with Trojan horse. Why? Because the Brigadier is my favorite character of all time. Um, so, while the Brigadier prepares the strike force to take back the prison, the Doctor and the Master start to work together, which is awesome. Just, I love, like, you can, because you can tell it's one of those, like, great, like, I love team-ups. Like, I'm a big fan of team-ups. Um, and the Doctor and the Master uh, get together and they, and they, and they start to team up. Um, to, uh, to, uh, take out the Keller machine, but, uh, it's only a stopgap because, um, you know, the Keller machine's going to, uh, it's, it's going to eventually build up enough energy to get free from this thing, but they managed to, uh, they managed to get it free, which is, which is cool. Um, or not get it free, but, you know, keep incarcerated. I'm sorry. I'm on, I'm on medication right now because I'm sick. Um, (laughs) so, um. The doctor goes. They, the, the the doctor and master team up, and I, I, we're blowing through it. But just because, like, there's you know, there's not enough to talk about about it. Um, but you know, they team it's up. So good, like it's so yeah. good. Well, it's it's also really believable because as soon as it's over, the master's like, "Well, you did real good, doctor. Thanks for that." And the doctor's like, "Well, it won't hold." He's like, "Oh, I know, but I'm still gonna throw you back into the prison cell." So he throws him back into the prison cell, just <laughs> unceremoniously, like. You did your job. Good for you. And then he just throws it back into where he was. <laughs> Which is funny. But, uh, and so then they have the obligatory breakfast sequence where the Pertwee has to eat and all of his stories, which I don't care because for some reason I really love seeing Pertwee eat. Um, and uh, while this is going on, the Brigadier... This does is, what is, that was the potato scene, right? The potato yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> I tell ever tell you about the time... <laughs> <laughs> and they just cut away. <laughs> Which is funny because I really wanted to hear that story. I know, so did I. <laughs> oh, Doctor Who stories I'll have to write. The and the way that the they Doctor edited it too, it looked like we were seeing a flashback at first. <laughs> because the story kept going in like voiceover. <laughs> and then just stops. <laughs> it's a weird edit. It's a, it's a it's a strange story choice. I'll give you that. Totally, <laughs> totally strange story choice. Um, so we we cut over to the brigadier who um, last time we talked about someone sneaking into a place. We talked about and we laughed a lot about uh, Pertwee dressing up like a maid and a milkman, um, which is still one of the funniest things ever. Um, but instead of dressing up, the brigadier just puts on a fake accent. It just says, 
hey, I have to I have to bring in all this food. And the guy's like, bring it back later. And the brigadier's like, but, you know, I, I have all this food and it's going to go bad. And the guy's like, all right, I guess. Which is which is so awesome. Just, I love the brigadier. So we get a Trojan horse. Uh, the brigadier manages to sneak in all these people. Um, the brigadier manages to sneak in all these people. And, and unit starts this attack on the castle, which I love this too. Just... You know, great unit action sequences. Just a giant set piece of prisoners shooting guns and unit shooting guns. And you know what? You know what I love about this is that mm. it's like this story is a perfect, a perfect uh, equation of like the doctor and his antagonist and unit. You know, yes. like it's like everybody gets the perfect amount. Yeah, of screen time. Again, it's it's very well balanced and very well structured. Yeah. I yeah. really yeah, and it and it shows like you know you're not like I'm not left wanting more. I mean, I want more unit just but in a different story. Like I don't feel like sh- unit gets the short shrift. I don't feel like the master gets the short shrift. I don't feel like the doctor gets the short shrift. I don't feel like Joe gets the short shrift. It's just so strong. Everyone kind of has their own moment. That's just great. Um, so uh. <laughs> The doctor and Joe are in their are in their prison cell, and Maynard. Uh, is this when they're playing checkers? Yeah, yeah. This okay. is when they're playing checkers. <laughs> and which... <laughs> the doctor gets upset and he goes, "Well, whatever. I like third three dimensional chess anyway." <laughs> which is Childs. <laughs> which is such a doctor thing to say. Like yeah. it's just like, it's so bitter. He's so bitter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, somebody's a Star Trek fan, huh? <laughs> Well, I also love Joe because Joe just whoops him at checkers. Like he oh, just. Oh man, she, I've never, I haven't seen that many real jump, that many jumps in real life ever. Um, just she kicks his butt. Um, so uh, the, the doctor and Joe play checkers, and Maynard bursts in with a gun, and he's like, and he's like, I'm taking you guys hostage because the prison's going to hell, and and I need you guys. And he brings them out, and we get what is probably for me the strongest cliffhanger in this, just because it's so. How are they getting out of this one? And it's kind of a cop out, but like we get the doctor and the bring and Actually, doctor I kind Joe of love how they got yeah. out of it. Oh, it's oh, it's great. I love that they got out of it, but it, you know it's 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 a great misdirect. Um, great, great misdirect. Uh, I only say kind of a cop out because you know it's a misdirect, but I love the misdirect. Um, so what we get are um, Maynard takes Joe and the doctor out of their cell. And he starts to um, lead them out of um, down the stairs, which is like the main stair of this prison case, prison prison staircase. And um, all of a sudden, Joe, like in a moment of bravery, just like falls back on Manor and says, "Go, Doctor, get 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 back! You're you're gonna be safe." And the Doctor's like, "No, I'm not leaving without you." And uh, Manor. All of a sudden, just goes, just goes. Well, I don't really need the two of you because he takes Joe hostage and 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 he pulls Joe in and and and, and we get um. He's like, and, the, and Maynard goes, "I don't need both of you." And he points this gun at the doctor. We see a close up of the gun. The gun fires a shot, and we just crash into the credits. That's, and it is that that's genius cliffhanger editing. That's what that yes, is. brilliant. Yeah, totally, totally brilliant. I, it's just. Because when I finished that episode, I was like, oh, oh, damn, how are they getting out of this one? And then it's Just, like, oh, wow, that was really obvious. 
but it's because, I mean, but it's it's kind of brilliant in how obvious it is, you know? Yeah, because you know they can't shoot the doctor. So what is it instead? It's actually we find out that it was the brigadier. The brigadier showed up just in time to shoot Maynard down, which is awesome. The brigadier in like an outfit that makes him very much look like the stereotypical Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like a, I was just well, like, wow. <laughs> Nicholas Courtney so could have played Sherlock Holmes at some point. Yeah, oh, awesome Sherlock Holmes. Just yeah. so it would have been so cool. Um, well, it's also funny because like after this, the doctor's like the doctor's like Brigadier. Do you think you could ever show up before the nick of time? And the Brigadier's like, I do what I can, Doctor. Just oh god, this story's so much fun. It's so good. It is. Um, it is. So uh, oh man, now uh, I want now I want a Nicholas Courtney Sherlock. Oh, that's with a with John Pertwee as Moriarty. <laughs> Holy crap! My brain just exploded. <laughs> and maybe Benton is 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 Watson. Oh, yeah. And Yates could be the 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 landlord lady. I forget her name. The landlord lady. <laughs> that's Yates's role in my brain. Um, despite the fact that he's a high ranking captain and Benton's just like a sergeant. Uh, oh, in my boy. mind, Yates is the landlady. I forget her name, but that's who. That's who Yates is in my mind. Um, so um, we uh, we we uh, we get a we get a sequence where the doctor's trying to um, uh, the doctor uh, what's it what's the phrase uh, they're trying to find the master they don't know where the master is but the master because the master's left the prison and gone to the missile and unit is scouring the countryside trying to find the missile location. And while this is going on, the machine breaks through the seal that the master and the doctor placed on it. So now the machine is is able to run rampant, and the doctor um, stays behind from the unit thing, and he discovers that the machine is gone, and the machine turns up out of nowhere and starts to fry the doctor's brain as it's been doing, and it fries Joe's brain, and and it's all not looking good. And then all of a sudden, Sloth, who I I haven't really mentioned because he hasn't been important, but Sloth shows up, and he says... Hey guys, what's going on? And the machine hey just turns. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that was that was that's all he does on this whole yeah. thing. I mean, really, yeah. the whole time. And then everyone's just like, "Oh god, it's sloth." Although, did uh, you mention when when sloth babysat the machine and was terrified of it? And he just no, like, that's right now. That's right now. Oh, that's right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what happens is sloth. <laughs> Sloth, like, it turns out that because the machine fried his brain, he has no fear. So if he's closer to the machine than anyone else, then the machine can't function, which is... No, well, he has no evil. He has no right. evil. Yeah. Which is which is interesting. terrified of the machine, so... Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he has no evil because he's been sapped of it. So so the machine can't move because it can't feed on anything and it starts to drain power, but it won't, it's not working fast enough where they can't keep... They can't, Sloth has so much ADD that they can't keep him around forever. So, um... So they're like, so the doctor comes up with this idea because he gets a call from what who uh, the brigadier calls quote unquote an old friend, um, and 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 the, the, and he's like, doctor, I want you to come here, and um, and because the master the master's TARDIS is broken uh, in Terror of the Autons, I think his, his his TARDIS was broken, so he needs a new dematerialization circuit. So the doctor gets unit to bring him his dematerialization circuit from the TARDIS, which he doesn't know how to use because the Time Lords wiped his memory at the end of the War Games, which we're talking about in a couple weeks. Well, actually, next week. Um, and so the Doctor plans to trade the missile for the dematerialization circuit. 
And while this is going on, a doctor realizes that he can, he can kill two birds with one stone, so he, um, so he goes, uh, he goes with Joe and, um, and Sloth to the missile, uh, and, and the master's like, come alone, but he doesn't listen, so he brings Joe and, um, and, and Sloth with him, and Sloth has the machine, and they, uh, the doctor meets with the master, and he's like, you can't do this, and the master's like, bah, ha, ha, I can, and, um, <laughs> And and the doctor's like now, and Joe and Sloth run out, and they drop the machine in front of the master, and they run away, and the master starts to freak out, and we get this phenomenal sequence where the master is left writhing in pain as the machine starts to suck all the evil out of him and prey on his fears. So we get this thing with the masters in the background, just like writhing in pain while the doctor tries to disarm the missile with Joe, just like. I don't know if you noticed the master in the background, but he's just—he's just like sitting there, just like writhing around. Um, so the doctor, the doctor manages to uh, rig the missile to explode. So he's like, "We got to get out of here." So they, so Joe and um, the doctor and Sloth head for um, head for the uh, head for the the thing. But Sloth, I don't remember why he does this, but he's like, he's like, "Wait, the master's getting away!" Because because when they run by the machine, the master manages to to sit up enough to get moving again. So. The sloth gets hit by the truck that the master's driving. Sloth goes down. Sloth's dead, and the doctor, the doctor, like goes and he's like, "He's dead. Forget it. It's it's done. We're out." And so <laughs> they run off uh, back to the helicopter. The helicopter takes off, and they get away just in time as the as the barn explodes. What and a terrible, missile. unceremoniously, <laughs> ceremonious death for <laughs> sloth. Yeah, he just like like I didn't even realize it happened the first time. I actually had to go back and be like, like "Wait, what?" Seriously, happened? he was he was killed. Like, let's 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 not let's not dodge the point. He was killed by stepping in front of the master's car when the master started going from a stopped position. <laughs> That's how he was killed. Like he barely moved a yard. And it hit Sloth, and Sloth died. I think that truck just has really good acceleration. I think that's what... I think that's a lot of horsepower. A lot of horsepower. Yeah, yeah. You know, them unit trucks, man, they'll get you. Um, (laughs) So... uh, We didn't see the spikes that are in the front of it. Yeah. It just, like... It it had to cut away because it was too violent, but those spikes just eviscerated Sloth. Just gutted him. That's why they didn't even turn him over. They, they were didn't just... even turn him over. <laughs> they just left him face down on the ground. And and they didn't walk away. They ran away. <laughs> no solemnity to it at all. Just No, they weren't they weren't solemn at all. Like I I if I didn't know any better, they both had smiles on their faces. They're just like they're just like good. We don't have to deal with this. Guy hey, anymore. helicopter ride. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I act that way around helicopters too. Um, I don't. Um, so, uh, so the they they go back to the prison. Everything's all right in the world, and they get a call from someone, and it's the master. And the master's like, "I got your dematerialization circuit, Doctor Bwahaha." And the doctor's like, "Um, oh, man," because he the master the doctor wasn't supposed to um, give it to him. He was supposed to keep it for himself. But the master's such a boss that he just you know he snuck it out. And um, then the brigadier. Uh, the brigadier's like, oh, that's okay, doctor. Well, 
we'll get him eventually. <laughs> the doctor's like, the doctor's like, who cares? Like, uh, the doctor's like, well, the rest of the universe is all in trouble. And then, and the, and the brigadier's like, oh, well, it's not really that much in trouble. I mean, you know, how much, how much damage could he do? And then and the doctor finishes on the line of, well, I'm, you know what? I'm sorry, but I'm really angry that he stole my dematerialization circuit. Now I can't use my TARDIS, which is just, you know, the doctor just saying, let's worry about my problems. And that's it. That's the Mind of Evil quick run through. But, you know, mm-hmm. unlike most other Pertree stories, not a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, but it's so good. It this really is, was. This is the quintessential Pertwee for me. I, I would completely agree with that. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, like uh. like I, this or Silurians, but I think more this just because it has everything that you know the, the Purge we era needs to have. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just and I was I you know I hadn't seen this before, so I was expecting to hate it because it was a six part Purge we story. But. Well, and and I think uh, Joe is a better companion for Pertwee than Liz was. So yeah. that's yeah. that's another reason why this would win out over Silurians because completely agreed. Yeah, because you know, Joe you Joe know. is Pertwee's companion. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, totally so. agreed. Oh, um, so good, yeah. So so good. <laughs> so there you go. That's Mind of Evil. Yeah. Uh, before we want to, before we move on, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. <laughs> DCBS is the site that lets you order all your all of your monthly comic book statues, action figures, uh, basically anything you can get from a local comic book shop. Uh, you can order from dcbservice.com, and you place your orders three months in advance um, using, like, the uh, Diamond catalog. And, uh, yeah, you uh, you get monthly discount specials uh, that can be up to 75% off. This month, though, they have a, a special thing where uh, DC is rebooting their whole universe with 52 number one issues, and you can get all 52 of those number one issues for only seventy nine seventy four, which is fifty percent off the retail price of all of fifty two issues, um, would be one hundred and fifty nine forty eight. So that is a huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. Plus regular discounts of forty percent off of like everything else. And if you pre order your collected editions, like your trade paperbacks, hardcovers, things like that, um, you can save forty percent. And then you uh, ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay five ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. All right, so uh, that brings us to Torchwood Talk, and uh, we're, we're talking about Episode 3, Dead of Night, which is written by uh, Jane Espenson. Um, once again, like I feel like the show just keeps getting better and better and raising the stakes every week. Yes, actually, I, I loved this episode. One. Loved yeah. this episode. Well, what I love about this episode is it actually uh, minor spoiler, uh, not minor spoilers. It's really good, uh, as it's been good. But this episode, I feel took a ba- like it took a backseat to all the action and just played a straight character drama. Like mm-hmm. there was there was no sort of like big action set pieces in this as far as I've uh, like, even as far as I remember, I don't remember any big major action set pieces. Like it was just like, building well, there the was action, but not that kind of action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the one where they do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you but, gotta love, uh, you gotta love, uh, sex montages. Um, oh God, when there's multiple couples, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if two of them are two hot dudes. Yeah, you know yeah, you know it. Um, <laughs> you thought I was. You thought I was going to go from Mecky Pfeiffer and the unattractive doctor, but you were wrong. Um, 
<laughs> really um, unattractive? Really? I'm not a huge fan. I mean, she's all right. Yeah, but come on, to call her unattractive, that's that's pretty harsh. Um, I, I, all right, you're fine. Uh, fine, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. That was a bit harsh. Yes, um, okay. I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but whew, this was good. Yeah. Whew. It was excellent. It was Just... excellent. Every part of it was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I uh, oh, man. I just, I, and like freaking, oh my God, Bill Pullman. What? <laughs> what? What is going on? Like, See, I thought, I thought you were going to save this for later, but fine. We're talking about this now. Bill Pullman, this episode made me hate Bill Pullman, care and empathize with Bill Pullman, and then hate Bill Pullman. Yeah. Holy crap. Because the scenes at the diner and the scenes where he was like off by himself at the motel and stuff, that was all, you know, that was, that was actually, I love that stuff just because I felt really bad for him. Like I was like, oh, this poor guy just cannot catch a break. Like he's getting beat up by cops. He's being chased by angry guys. And then, you know, he meets Jack Harkness and holy crap was that monologue just terrifying. Yeah. I just, oh, that was some twisted nonsense, man. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking uh, Davies not pulling punches, like I no. said. No. Not pulling punches. No. He oh. wants you to hate this guy. Oh, and this guy is such a scumbag. Yeah. Like, like, and I, you know, I felt, like, afterwards, like, I felt bad that I pitied him earlier in the episode. Because, um... Which I think you're supposed to, you know? Yeah, like, no, you're oh, totally, you're totally supposed to. And, like, because, you know, there's they're playing this thing now where he's, you know, people aren't sure if he's, you know, repentant or not. But, um, but, oh, God, I felt so bad afterwards where I was like, oh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, you know, pitied him at all. Because that thing with Jack at the very end when he finally met up with Jack, that yeah. was not him acting at all. That was just, like, straight up Oswald Danes is a bad bad man yeah <laughs> Ooh. oh Ooh. yeah oh yeah that was oh that was so unsettling that was oh god that was so unsettling yeah um i also i really loved all of the uh all of the uh british american comparisons like those jokes <laughs> throughout were pretty they fun. were they were really good i did like them um i think there might have been one too many for me personally but i did i did love them um yeah. Oh, did you? I want something really crazy to happen with the soulless. Um, oh, just, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure because they're about, creepy. Oh God, they're they're almost as creepy as Bill Pullman. Yeah, just, they're, they're creepy, and there's a reason they're creepy. We just don't know the reason yet. Yeah, I'm they're very coming. unsettled. It's, oh yeah, I love I love how fast this is moving. Mm-hmm. This is. They're they're like like I, you know nor I thought that the whole pharmaceutical pharmaceutical angle the Ficorp thing like you know granted I wasn't on my radar but I thought that that sort of stuff would take you know you know halfway through the season before you find out this stuff but nope this is the end of your first act right here like this is all of a sudden, like you know at the very end of this uh, spoiler spoilers where Oswald Danes basically becomes Jesus uh, just like or not Jesus but like the savior to people. Yeah, um, the pain savior. <laughs> oh God, I'm I'm so war again. I mean, last week I said I have no idea where they're going with this. I still have no idea where they're going with this. This is this is the most compelling thing I'm watching on television right now after Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, this is insane. I I can't believe it's this good. Like I 
I'm I'm literally in shock because yeah. I'm loving this so much. And even like even the um even like just the interpersonal stuff of this was just so strong. Like the the stuff where Gwen was like, my contact lenses are isomorphic. Um, and she just like, oh, dude, I love that they pulled that isomorphic. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> isomorphic. That's like is... such a Doctor Who thing. Like oh, so it was yeah. So that That's... was great to hear. And... I loved the scene where it like it was such like it was a it was a literal fist pump moment for me when. Mm-hmm. Jack calls Gwen and he's just like, oh, I love you and we're really good together and blah, blah, blah. And then her husband calls on the video thing and she's just like, whatever, puts the phone down and like all of her attention is to her husband and her kid. Yes. And I'm like, yes, finally. God. (laughs) Priorities, woman. (laughs) I I totally, I totally agree. That was probably, that was probably my favorite sequence in this whole thing. Just, you know, and then, and then like. so about time. That yeah. she got her 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 stuff together, like it's almost uh, like it's almost like Russell T Davies finally started paying attention to the character, like yeah, just not not that you know, just just saying, look, it's like, look, is... I know you want to have sex with Captain Jack, but that doesn't mean that everybody wants to. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was, and then like and then the despair on Jack's face when he realizes that not that he has to compete with Reese, but that when it comes to um, him or Reese, she's going to choose Reese over him, which, you know, she should, but that, that realization was just great, especially because Jack basically blew off everyone for a night of debauchery and, you know, you reap what you sow, like Jack deserted them. Mm-hmm. Um, not just at the end of Children of Earth, but like right here, he just, he deserted that. Like just, this was, this was so good from a character standpoint, just straight character development, straight interaction, um, great stuff with Ficorp. The um, it's bigger on the inside of Ficorp was funny, um, just <laughs> just great. Um, and and again, far be it for me to not mention her, but Lauren Ambrose is stealing the show from me. Um, She's just, really good, and yeah. there's like something to her that we don't know, and I can't wait to find out. Oh, me neither. Just she is such an enigma right now, and I'm just I keep watching her, just like. At some point, you're going to slip up, and I'm going to figure out what's going on with you. But until then, I'm sorry, but I ain't trusting you because she mm-hmm. is, she is some kind of like I don't know, I don't know. She is some kind of mystery, and I'm completely unsettled whenever she's around because she is just too bright and perky. Just yep. Wait, I I can't. And every time she says Jilly Kissinger, I'm just like that's hilarious. Yeah, do just, I love her name, Jilly. That's awesome. J- awesome greatness. Yeah. Love I love it. it when people come up with clever names like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's based on Jillian, but this was so good. And, you know, after this, this is the end, this is really the end of your first act. Like, the, all the setup has kind of been done. Now we're allowed to progress. Like, they even faced off with Wayne Knight. Like, I don't think Wayne Knight's going to appear in the rest of the story. Like, yeah. I think he's done, which I'm okay with, because, like, you know, I was expecting him to be around for a while, but as we're going to talk about next week, just because someone shows up, doesn't mean that they're necessarily the bad guy. Yeah, I just I love too that he went from like big antagonist to like like pathet- like total like pa- pathetic pawn. Yeah, in like one episode. What, one episode? Yeah, like <laughs> barely, not even really. barely, barely like, one episode, like, like three quarters of an episode. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> totally. Wow. 
Yeah. I just I'm oh, loving this so, so much. And again, like I know someone on the website commented on the on our episode and said, "Look," and said, "Look, I'm 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 now thinking about getting back into Torchwood." If you're listening to these talks, you have to understand that Scott and I don't like the first two seasons of Torchwood. Like I actually like the second season, but like you know, this is easily I only the like best. the second half of the second season. Um. Yes, I could agree with that. Minus yeah. the first episode, I really like that one. But um, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, but the, that's the, the John that's, Hartley. I like the first episode of Torchwood, first season too. So yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, just you know, throw James Marshism. I'm down. But um, <laughs> this, I mean, if you're not watching Torchwood, like seriously, get on it because this show is going to surprise the hell out of you, and mm-hmm. I think. If you want just like a summer blockbuster that's really smart, like they had a discussion about miscarriages in this that was below oh, my dude, mind. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, they keep upping the stakes. I don't understand it. Yeah, they I keep don't... finding new things to freak me out about stuff not dying. <laughs> like, because wow. they had, just like to tell you how crazy they're going with these ideas. Like, you know how when when a, when a woman gets pregnant, like she, some of them, not all pregnancies are carried full to term, not because of abortion, but just because there are miscarriages. They're just like, look, miscarriages aren't happening anymore. Every baby that gets that that any life that starts from a human being is going to be carried to term, which is crazy. Yeah. Just that's nuts, and I cannot. I'm just every time they they just keep tweaking the lens just saying look people aren't not dying they're just alive like you know the guy who was blown up like he was still looking around he was still aware he was still alive not that he was living he was alive like that that sort of like they just keep twisting it and it's so great like just this is phenomenal science fiction this is science fiction at its absolute best and if you're not watching this please just go watch the first episode the first three are out just blow through them because they're going to surprise the hell out of you and you're going to have such a good time watching this. Um, and I don't know, man. I'm so excited to see what happens next. Just so excited. You back? Scott? Hello? Hello. Hi. Sorry about that. You want me to edit this one because it's being kind of a bitch? Uh, no, I've got all the timestamps, so it's okay. Okay. Because I kept talking through all of them except for this most recent one. Right. Um, and the I just wrapped one. up. Yeah, I just wrapped up basically my thoughts. I was just like, and this is so good and you need to watch it. So that's okay. basically where I left off. Right. So we can just jump right into what's up next week. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next week we're going to start talking about the war games. Um, we're going to start. We're going to talk about episodes one through five because it's a ten-part story. Yes. Um, so that's next week. Uh, Should be so I, much fun. Yeah, I I'm love just... Trouton. Love Trouton. So. <sighs> this I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't because you never. I, I mean, you you seem to like the war games, but I don't think it's like the thing to you as much as it probably should slash would be. Um, 
So I'm wondering if watching all this classic Who that we're watching, it's going to be even better for you. Probably. Um, because I I cannot wait to talk about all the stuff that's in this, and it's we're, you know by 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 not by, by reckoning we should be doing a discussion of it, but this story breaks down beat by beat. That is so much fun to talk about beat by beat. So um so we're gonna keep doing that that way. All right, so, awesome. So uh, also reminder: uh, August 11th through the 14th, Matt and I will be at Chicago Comic Con. Um, yes. So if you're listening and you're going to be there too, let us know, and uh, we'll do like a tweet up or something. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you can email us tdc at geekshow.us, or you can follow either one of us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, just just uh, let us know, and uh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Chicago Comic Con, August 11th through four through the 14th. There's lots of stuff there. Um, not much uh, Doctor Who related. There's a couple of actors from Torchwood that are going to be uh-huh. there, uh, but beyond that, uh, but th- th- there's not there's not really much. But um, there's like uh, you've got um, Patrick Stewart and Lavar Burton from N- Next Gen um, are going to be there. There's a <laughs> Buffy cast reunion of sorts. Yep. Um, basically, like. Most of the cast, like except for you know obvious ones like Sarah Michelle Gellar, Allison Hannigan, James Marsters, like none of those people are going to be there. But but you know you're looking at uh, like who who's who's there? Like uh, Nicholas Brendan's going to be there. Yeah, Nicholas Brendan's probably the biggest one. Yeah, um, um, which is which is cool because he's in all but one episode of Buffy. Right, um, right. Yeah, Which, it, and it's really unfortunate that he's not in that one episode because his storyline would have been the best one. But probably yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> but this isn't a Buffy show. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so lots of stuff at Chicago Comic Con. If you're into horror, there's uh, an original, the original cast of the original The Evil Dead. Um, they're having a reunion panel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the uh, uh, five of the kids from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory are going to be there. For a reunion panel as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like um, Veruca None Salt of... and Violet and Mike TV and Augustus Gloop and Charlie Augustus Bucket. Gloop. Yep, yep. Which is interesting because that well, that's that's a different discussion. But uh, none of those guys are actors. I think one is, but the rest are just like we're not going to be actors. Yeah, which is, funny, which is yeah. so funny. So it'd be, um, it might be an interesting panel. But uh, anyway, there's lots of like celebrity stuff. Obviously, tons of comic book stuff. Um, comic book artists, writers. Uh, and lots of uh, crazy regular comic book stuff to buy. Tons of costumes, yada yada. Um, I'm cosplaying one day, um, so nice. that should be interesting. Um, I'm gonna anyway. laugh at you, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna laugh at you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's that's that. Um, the website uh, articles. You just posted one. Um, do you want to tell people about it? Oh, yeah. Um, I posted an article on the website about this thing I'm going to do starting on August 1st. I know you're going to join me. I know Cassandra's going to join me. I know we have one other follower. Uh, but if you're interested, um, I'm doing I, – I, I have this problem where I don't write enough and I like script writing challenges or contests like National Novel Writing Month or Script Frenzy. But I feel that um, – uh, I just need to expand and just basically just blow out a bunch of ideas. So I came up with this idea to do 10 short scripts in 10 days, which are, you know, just screenplays, like short films that are anywhere from three, basically minimum three pages. I imagine it is three to seven, but they can be longer. Uh, and I'm calling it 10 and 10. 
And I'm basically doing a bunch of different genres, one a different one a day. Four have to be silent, or at least I, I say that four should be silent, just because you should stretch that muscle. So if you're interested in screenwriting or um or, or you know that sort of thing, uh, I I really recommend it because you know it's just an excuse to just write stuff, and it's going to be like a ten day sprint where each day we come up with a different thing. I don't have the list in front of me of uh, genres, but if you go to the website, check out the post, you'll see that I put all the rules there. Uh, I put a list the of genres. The genres are the genres are romance, oh, right, right. western, horror, action, fantasy, thriller, adventure, crime, sci-fi, and slice of life. Yeah, which you know technically you can do them in any order. I picked an order for myself, uh, but you know it's the, each genre is designed to give you a different idea, a different thing. Just you know, little short thing. Uh, we're going to be doing it on Twitter hashtag ten in ten. Uh, that's the number ten in ten. Um, the number ten. Um, <laughs> sorry, you have to be. You have to be one zero i n one zero. There you go. Uh, I didn't want to sound like a computer though. Um, <laughs> so, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, it's starting on August first, and it's going through the tenth. Uh, the eleventh is uh, Chicago Comic Con, as Scott was talking about. So, if you're interested, leave a comment on the website. Follow the tweets. Follow my tweets. Because uh, I'll be tweeting about it and angrily whining about how I don't have any ideas for the day. But the idea is, you know, you just come up with an idea. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be good. Just something that you can tweak with later and just come up with ten little small scripts at the end of it. So if you're interested, uh, check it out uh, and do it because why not? You can even apply it to, like, a short story. Just write ten really small, like, one to two page stories a day for ten days. Just, you know, just the idea that gets you to write more. So, um Check that out. Do it. Uh, the more the merrier because we need a support group. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, the idea is for it to eventually get to uh, like script frenzy. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Nano, Nano Remo. Remo. Yeah. I call it Nano Remo. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. right. It's right. It's right. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's not re. You, whatever. It's not, the word is not reet. That's great, Scott. I'm so proud of you for putting up with words. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so 10 and 10, join us. Uh, yes. Audio blogs. We just posted our review of Captain America the First Avenger, and that's Matt and I as well as Cassandra. Um, uh-huh. Great review. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome Although, movie. Giant flaw, but whatever. Yeah, um, how did we not talk about the score? I'm so I disappointed. But I went and bought it, and it's just as good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, movie night this week, uh, we're going to be talking about both The Matrix and The Prestige. Uh, two separate episodes, but both being released this week because we fell behind. What can that's we do? my fault, yeah. Um, anyway, well, you know. It happens. Comic-Con happens once a year. What do you yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, yes, it does. So, uh, so anyway, where uh, where else can people find you on the internet, Matt? Uh, you can find me over at Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungadin. Uh, you can also uh, follow my alternate Twitter account, uh, GD Commentary. That's as in Gungadin Commentary, uh, where, I, where I live tweet stuff. We do stunt Sunday Trek. Every week, uh, this past week we did Charlie X. Next, we're doing I think it's uh, where no man has gone before. That should be happening on Sunday around six o'clock Eastern time, or uh, no, six o'clock uh, no six o'clock Pacific time, nine o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, you, uh, we're, uh, you me, uh, Scott. Well, you generic, you audience, you uh, Scott, me, and Cassandra all hop on Twitter and we just live tweet uh, Star Trek episode and we just give some fun thoughts and stuff. It's a blast. It's like this, but, you know, while watching Star Trek, so super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, I, I also, I'm planning, I haven't, I haven't talked to you Scott about this, but I'm, I'm planning on doing, because they just announced, in case you haven't heard it, uh, they just announced that Doctor Who is returning on August 27th, um, so, um, for the week before, so the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, I'm gonna watch through all of season six so far, yes, I'm even gonna brave the pirate episode, and I'm gonna be live tweeting that on, um, on GD commentary, I'm only saying that now because there's not gonna be much time coming up, uh, so if you wanna join me in that, you don't have to join me on all of it, you don't even have to join me at all, but I'm gonna be doing it anyways, uh, so if you're interested, uh, look for that coming up closer to Doctor Who's new release on August 27th, which is actually coming up. Um, and that also brings me to something that I'll talk about in just a minute. You can also find me on my blog, classicalgallifreyblogspot.com, where I review classic stories. This past week, uh, Cassandra reviewed uh, The Ice Warriors, which was uh, such a blast, uh, so much fun, a little bit weird, a little horror, kind of cool. Uh, and then um, this week I'm talking about Miglos, which I haven't seen before, but hopefully doesn't suck. Um so I'm looking forward to that. Also, in terms of this podcast, there's because of uh, Doctor Who's coming back a little bit sooner than I anticipated, we're having a bit of a switch around. Um, uh, we're doing the War Games uh, uh, right uh, this week. Uh, so for the next two weeks, we're doing the War Games. And then after that, Scott and I are going to be doing, uh, with possible guests, uh, the live uh, discussion of The Invisible Enemy, which in which we'll probably be drunk. Um <laughs> And by drunk, I mean like I think this story is uh, drunk and belligerent, just yeah. like Tom Baker. Yeah, I'm probably gonna punch some some. Um, I was gonna say hookers in the face, but I can't say that because this is a family friendly podcast. Um, <laughs> but you just said it, so what? Oh, that's basically what this is gonna be like. I'm just gonna say stuff like that. Okay. Um, but uh, and then after that, um, word of advice, do- guys: that week probably not family friendly. Probably not, because um, I've already said that I can't get through it without saying the F word. So um, if, if Scott says that I can say the F word, I'm probably going to say it a lot because that story. We're going to be really drunk, angry. so oh, I won't be that difficult to convince. <laughs> awesome. Just saying. Um, uh, and then because we didn't really have anything coming up that was good to like throw in, nothing I felt comfortable ending on, we're actually going to do something totally different uh, just to cap off. What, what uh, like quote unquote classic who before we go on hiatus to talk about Matt Smith. So uh, we're actually going to talk about a story called Storm Warning, which is a big Finnish audio play starring Paul McGann uh, and India Fisher as uh, new companion Charlie Pollard, and it's the first uh, Eighth Doctor audio play from the big Finnish main range. Um, so so check that out. Uh, get it. It's online through Big Finish. It's only like it's going to be really cheap. It's only like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. But it's really fun. Paul McGinn is a master, mm-hmm. uh, and we're just gonna we're just gonna discuss that. It probably won't take the whole time. So if you want to send in questions for us to answer via email, we'll do some of that too. Uh, and that'll think, just be. Our I think way. we should try and get um, Alan Kistler on that one too. Oh sure, we can totally get Alan Kistler on that. We'll ask him. We'll ask him right now. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about Storm Warning. Uh, if I don't know if it's going to be enough to discuss for the full time, so we might do the Stones of Venice too. Uh, I doubt it, though, because, you know, we'll have so much fun talking to Alan that uh, it's it's just cool. Um, so look for that. And then uh, coming back on the other side of, of uh, uh, New Who, uh, we actually have a huge surprise that's going to be such a blast for you guys. But uh, I'll announce that when we get closer to Storm, oh, on the Storm Morning episode. So, uh, so that's what's coming up. War Games, The Invisible Enemy. Uh, War Games for two weeks, The Invisible Enemy. And then uh, Paul McGann's Storm Morning. Scott... What about you? 
<laughs> um, I forgot what we were doing. Uh, <laughs> you can find me. <laughs> you can find me at twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, which is um, just like JD G, G, GD Commentary. Uh, where yeah, it's I, a rip. It's a blatant rip off of GD Commentary. So yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Yours definitely came first. Um, exactly. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's uh yeah, where I do the same thing and, and we do we do uh the Sunday trek uh thing there. So uh follow those accounts if you want. Uh also of course um all over geekshowentertainment.com dot com uh with, with the articles on the other podcasts and all that stuff and then um finally uh you can email us at uh, TDC at geekshow.us and uh, go to iTunes and leave some reviews because that helps us out. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week with The War Games, part one of two. Awesome. See you guys then. Bye.